you're invited to share their tales. Unless, of course, you're scared. Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yay. We say, we're saying bye-bye to the bye-bye man. Bye to him. Bye-bye-bye. There was a song in it that had bye-bye in the words. Yeah, it was a really weird song, though. Yeah, it was the only one they could find. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they use bye-bye-bye? It was perfect. They used bye-bye birdie. Any, oh, that's... that. Well, you know I like that song. Anyway, um, this is the second week of our African-American Directors Spotlight Month. And I'm very excited to share with you Tales from the Hood, an anthology film from director Rusty Cundief or Cundief or something. I don't know, something like that. His first name's Rusty, which is a super cool name to have. It's a great name. Um, from 1995. Did you ever know any Rusties growing up? No. Uh-huh. Me neither. Just except Rusty Shackleford. Who's that? Um, I believe I mentioned him earlier on the podcast. It was the character on King of the Hill. Oh, that's but show it wasn't I don't really watch. a character. People will know. Matt will know. Is his fake name? Yeah. You just assume Matt knows King of the Hill. I don't know what he watches on TV. I I don't don't think he watches TV. Probably not. He watches a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, Fine. I'll know. He watches Star Trek, probably. I mean, it's not King of the Hill. It doesn't help me here. Anyway, sorry. Here's the plot of Tales from the Hood. A creepy mortician attempts to scare teenage drug dealers, Stack, and his friends. They scare them straight by telling them four horrifying stories. One is about a guilt-riddled cop who goes crazy after ignoring his corrupt partner. He also tells of a meek schoolboy with terrifying supernatural powers. Although the young thugs want to take their drugs and escape Mr. Sims, he still has two more tales to tell. I don't know why this uh, plot summary takes place exactly in the middle of the film, uh-huh. but the other two tales involve um, one of them. Oh, man. It hits home in 2017. Uh-huh. It's about a former KKK member who's running for governor, mm-hmm. and he lives in a plantation where a bunch of slaves were killed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the spirits of those slaves are possessing these little voodoo dolls that attack him. Because mm-hmm. every anthology story has to have one with a creepy doll in it. That's uh-huh. just kind of how it works. And possession. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the fourth one is titled Hardcore Convert. It's about a gangster who's got shot and he's like bleeding to death and it's uh he's like being converted it's like a clockwork orange they're like putting him through this conversion therapy to make him a better citizen Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it we'll talk about him Mm -hmm. this is going to be a weird one to discuss because like there's four separate segments sorry if you hear my dog debatably five i think like debatably there's five oh see that's the interesting thing um let's just get started okay um well because there's always like an interstitial storyline in anthology stories Mm -hmm. Um, like in Creepshow, the interstitial was like, it's just this kid's comic book and that you're kind of flipping through the pages of. Mm-hmm. And usually there's... Did they're... I see Creepshow with you? No. Okay. I saw it with my parents. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then like in VHS, it's people discovering the tapes that have all the VHS stuff on mm-hmm. them. Um, but this one, uh, just like Creepshow, is every, every segment was directed by the same director. Mm-hmm. And that lends it a really interesting unity. Mm-hmm. to everything and the interstitial i think ties in really well with the actual content of the stories mm-hmm. definitely like it had a, a really good blend 
Um, keep going. Sorry. No, just like <laughs> at first thematically, and then they actually like get involved with the final story, mm-hmm. and it's really an interesting way. And like how he's introducing the stories is he's going through his uh like mortician shop and mm-hmm. like opening a casket and he's like here's how this person died, which is such a great macabre like EC Comics yeah. Tales from the Crypt way to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we rate every movie on scariness, campiness, quality, and effects out of five. And I'm so excited to start talking about this. Mm-hmm. What was your scariness score for Tales from the Hood? My scariness score is somewhere in between two and three. Um, okay. And even though I was never really scared at all throughout the movie, mm-hmm. I don't remember jumping or being caught off guard by anything except maybe uh, the zombie senator activist. Yeah, there was a, an activist who was trying to get drugs off the streets, mm-hmm. and the cops who were selling drugs in the neighborhood killed him. Uh huh. And he became he came back as a zombie. It was great. Um, with like super appearing powers kind of like mike myers and mike in manhattan or whatever jason in manhattan it's jason jason takes manhattan oh okay never mind like jason Voorhees and jason takes manhattan i would watch michael myers in manhattan though. i just assumed it was mike because of manhattan and it's an m i don't know i'm sorry okay uh, back to this movie um yeah <laughs> uh nothing really scary but i think it did a good job of having a good setting yeah absolutely. does that make sense um no uh, i guess not not that you ask um i think you said about like it being very well connected all of the story was um like blended in with one another yes and like that sort of ambiance that's sort of like the fact that it gets in like you get into the story because like yes they are separate individual um storylines mm-hmm. but they blend and form this really good narrative and um whereas it wasn't scary i found myself very interested and i guess willing to be scared or mm-hmm. willing to just keep going with it yeah, um, for me, I, I'm i just going to preface it with saying I really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm giving it one out of five screams for scariness. Mm-hmm. I think it's very much like an EC Comics type of movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's macabre, but it's not scary, but it's not trying to be. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's for, like, horror fables mm-hmm. about, like, the African-American experience. And it's a lot like Creepshow in that it's very... Like, obviously, the story, they're short stories, essentially, and they're mm-hmm. very elemental. The characters are very basic. There's not a lot of, like, depth to, or not, not a lot of detail to them. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, in this movie, like, it creates depth through the interaction of the stories with the overarching story, which yeah. is really, really cool and unusual. Mm-hmm. I liked this movie a lot. Yeah, I really liked it. It was really well done for, it's the best anthology film I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I think i have to agree with you on that it's definitely the best horror anthology i've ever seen um i don't know how many regular anthologies i've seen it's not a ton what, like parisia tem no um new like i uh, new york eve new york new year's eve <laughs> new year's eve yeah i guess that's technically and those like i don't know what those classify as those aren't good though yeah they're terrible um, yeah new york eve <laughs> yeah anyway i think i don't think the point of this movie is to be scary and everything else it does, it does really well. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind that it's not scary. It's macabre, but in like a kind of a safe way, like almost childlike, like just colorful and gross and creepy crawlies, like a Goosebumps book, mm-hmm. which are good, but they're not scary. I don't know. I, I mean, was, if you're a kid. I was always afraid of Slappy. Okay, yeah. But anyway, so um, <laughs> what's your campiness score? Campiness got a five. Whoa. I think that's the first five I've ever given on campiness. Nice. Um, and the reason being is that, yeah, it was campy, but it was also super self-aware, so they played around with it. 
and that made it just that much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the characters—they uh, were—they were over the top. Oh yeah, go go with some of your favorites, Brennan. This whole thing. Well, I'm gonna give it four out of five perms because okay. I agree. It's it's very campy, and that's kind of the like the hard boiled essence of what it's doing. Because mm-hmm. anthology films are campy. That's just kind of how it tends to be in general yeah you're right or it's like you're gonna fade away and like here's the next story vhs was probably less campy yeah but that was like that that was an anthology Mm -hmm. but it was it was one of those anthologies where it's five different scary short films like very barely linked together by like a very thin interstitial Mm -hmm. which is still an anthology obviously Mm -hmm. but i think the ones that have like a solid vision and a solid theme to them tend to be drawing from those comics and they tend to be like campier and more just like not as hardcore mm-hmm. i don't know it was i was just offering a counter a counter no point. You're, you're right because you're right um most of the other horror films that i've seen have been campy like tales from the or halloween tales what was it tales of halloween tales of halloween um what was the other one did we watch another one? I think we did. I feel like we've seen a couple. Maybe. I don't know. We've seen a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, continue. <laughs> uh, my favorite character was Mr. Sims, the mortician. Mm-hmm. He's like their version of the Crypt Keeper. Mm-hmm. Pretty literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he's just, uh, he was played by Clarence Williams the Third, which mm-hmm. is a great name. And he just bugs his eyes out like he's a Arnold Schwarzenegger in Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. That might be totally wrong. Um, Event Horizon? Event Horizon? I've never heard of that movie. It's from the 90s. Um, but yeah, so... What a, I mean, like, as much as you enjoy... No, Mr. someone... Okay, it's not... It might be... Someone has their eyes bugged out in some movie. That happened. You know who has their eyes bugged out in a movie that I hate? Who? Um, The CIA guy, or... I don't think it was CIA. One of the unnamed intelligence agencies of America in The Guest... That head guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was shoot. So who was so over the top? Yeah, he was over the top. You know, I'm going to say he had his eyes bugged out like he was about to get in a car crash in a Mad Max movie because okay. they always have their eyes bugged out. Okay. Um, like a weird effect. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it was just it, everything was really over the top. Everything was really arch. The acting wasn't what I would call quality. No. Like, I think the little stories were good. I think the actors in the little stories are really okay. good. Um, the overarching storyline, the one that you know gave us these little mini ones, um, they they were over the top. Those three, like um, I'm just gonna say, friends, the three friends who yeah. go to the mortician shop looking for drugs, right? They're trying to yeah. buy some kind of drugs off of him. Supposedly, he found a bunch of drugs in the alley, which mm-hmm. is a crazy story, anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you'd be surprised where people find things. I guess you're right. I knew someone who found $10,000 in the trunk of a car once in a drunk in a car yard. Whoa. Yeah. I wish that was me. Me too. But I don't hang out in car yards or whatever the hell. It was a dump. Maybe you should. I don't know where Victor used to hang out, but he found ten grand, and it was a good day for him. That's pretty cool. It's probably counterfeit, though. I don't know. Well, people still count it. It is the it's same. Him, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so back to the, away from Victor. Uh, uh what well, yeah, that? what even were we talking about? We we're talking about campiness. Oh, I I I don't think the actors were great in any of it, but I think they did the proper job that mm-hmm. they were asked to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I liked the mini uh, the 
the stories. The little stories better than I did the overarching one. Okay. I already said that. I'm just repeating myself now. I'm sorry. I actually just really enjoyed all of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why is FX. I'm going to give my FX score. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to give it four out of five uh, bong hearts. You're renaming it. Good job. Well, no, that one's always different. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bye, Gobrin. Golden rings. <laughs> Go. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the one of the best things about Tales from the Hood is that, uh, well, a lot of anthologies, um, they get kind of exhausting after a while. And mm-hmm. I do think I would have preferred this movie a little more if it was three stories instead of four. Um, because you're just, it's hard to keep shifting your focus like that. Mm-hmm. Although this one did do a better job of, like we said, of integrating it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still like a little long. It was an hour, 40 minutes. I could have had it at 90 and been totally satisfied or even 80. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best thing about each story is they kind of all headed up into this big showstopper effects piece and the effects are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, the zombie one, that one is titled rope. Rogue Cop Revelation. Um, none of them have very good titles. No. Um, they're not actually like titled in the movie. They're only titled in the credits. So they just didn't care. Mm-hmm. They're like, just ha- give it a name so people know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Do we one, know if it had different writers. Uh, if the movie had different writers, I don't think so. Uh-huh. I know we had the same director throughout the entire movie. I will look that up. Um, but yeah, at the end of that one, he gets his like the the zombie dude gets his like chest ripped open and he has his heart is a bong mm-hmm. and then he uses heroin needles like arrows to like crucify the mm-hmm. cop that killed him it's so crazy mm-hmm. and it's so over the top and like Sergio said it's a little preachy mm-hmm. but also i love movies that have social satire and mm-hmm. this was all this was mm-hmm. and so i'm into that i like socially conscious horror movies and yeah, no, these were it was just written by two people, um, the director and Darren Scott. Okay. Good job, director Rusty. Yeah, Rusty. He also acted in it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but then though the one the monster with the kid, that one is more like that one felt very Wes Craven-y to me in terms of like it's about evil in suburbia. It's about this suburban kid. His dad died, and he's being attacked by a monster. And oh, I loved the effects in that one. Yes. Like, like the effects were really simple, at least the ones that I like mm-hmm. took to, but they were just so effective. Keep going, Brian. I'm a little surprised there wasn't a twist to that one, because when a monster's attacking him, you're like, oh, it's an abusive stepdad. Mm-hmm. And then it gets revealed to be an abusive stepdad, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't, like, super um, shocking, mm-hmm. that reveal. But the effects spectacle at the end is fantastic. Yeah. Because he has this drawing of the monster that becomes like a sort of voodoo mm-hmm. um, revenge curse. And he'll, he'll like bend the drawing's arm and his arm just snaps. Uh-huh. And then he just like is crumpling up the paper and twisting it around. And it's disgusting. And it's so cool to look yeah. at like how that happens to his body. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the third one? Oh, the, that third one was the doll one. Um, the I liked that one. Yeah, the KKK dude gets yeah. chased around by dolls. Mm-hmm. I thought I claymation or stop motion. I think yeah. it's the same thing. Well, claymation, well, they're the same except claymation is clay uh-huh. and stop motion can be anything. Okay. Like I could show your coffee mug like zooming around the table. Okay. Um. Yeah, I really liked the little moving dolls. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that they kept going with it. I thought they were gonna stop and like 
because you know stop motion is a very like labor intensive yeah. task like it takes a long time to set up those movements and so i was only expecting us to maybe get like five seconds or mm-hmm. like really just short like bits and pieces like a big like a money shot mm-hmm. but like it just kept going throughout the entire clip and i was very impressed because that's like that's you know a labor of love yeah and the way that they integrated the the little dolls with the <clears throat> the real life like Painting? person no the real life person okay, like he was being sorry. chased by the doll and the way they interacted was really realistic mm-hmm. and re- this looked incredible mm-hmm. like i have no idea what the budget was on this monster but everything looked really good mm-hmm. and the um there's a part where the cop who gets crucified his head melts like he looked into the ark of the covenant and he gets uh, like sucked into a painting yeah it's just bonkers it's so gross mm-hmm. and it, this movie was really cool it was very good um but yeah before we get into quality i want us to rank the four different stories that we saw okay um i don't know if they give my effect score oh did you not oh I did I, I sorry did. it's Tell okay me. i gave it a four too i just wanted to be sure that everybody knows that i'm on the same page with brennan on the effects. oh good that's good it, it's so cool do you have mm-hmm. anything you want to add um no just that my favorite part or favorite scene in the movie um not favorite scene um one of my favorite scene in the short story of the little boy and the monster okay. was when the stepfather like broke in into the little boy's room and you see the little boy cowering in a room and then you see like the shadow and you're still not certain if it's a monster because beforehand you've seen like, like this clawed like this hand claw, and you're led to believe that it's an actual monster and after the first story like mm-hmm. you know what it wouldn't be out of the realm of you know plausibility yeah it's a supernatural film uh-huh um, but like lo and behold, it is the stepfather who is indeed abusive, and I just thought that was really good. Um, and yeah, that was my two cents on that part. Um, cool. But now we're gonna rank them, right? Yes. Okay. So my first one is KKK comeuppance. Um, the oh, sec- that was your number one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That was my number one. My number two was boys do uh boys, boys do, get, do bruised. get bruised. Yeah. That was the monster one. Couldn't read my writing. Um, rage cop revolution was number three. Rogue cop. Oh, <laughs> Rogue Cop Revolution was number three. And then Hard... And Revelation? <laughs> What'd I say? Revolution? Whatever. You just, your writing must be terrible. It is terrible. I thought it was Boys Do Get... Bur- um, I think Burned was it. Whatever. Oh, my God. Whatever. Um, And then last but not least is Hardcore Convert. Convert. Oh, my God. Okay. I thought it said Court. That I would watch a movie. I would watch a TV show called Hardcore Court. Okay. But, okay. Uh, I actually I agree with you on the bottom. Hardcore Convert was my number four. Mm-hmm. My number three was KKK Comeuppance, which Aww. I liked that one, and I thought the effects were great. But I just thought um, I liked the other ones better. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two was Rogue Cop Revelation, just because I love the like the ending action sequence, like using all the drug pieces and the melting. It's super gross and mm-hmm. crazy. And then my number one was Boys Do Get Bruised, because like I said, it was very Wes Craveny, and I like that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I like uh, like suburban mm-hmm. horror skeletons in mm-hmm. the closet type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and those effects were like unparalleled. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Oh, good. That's why KKK Comeuppance was my number one. I'm a big fan of stop motion, mm-hmm. as evidenced by the fact that I dragged you to go see uh, Kubo. Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes. Everybody should go see that, by the way. That was a good movie. Um, okay. So I'll continue on, Brian. Keep going. Yeah. No, I think Hardcore Convert is number four for both of us because that was the one that was most... It was obvious weird. about its themes to me it was weird yeah it it, it was very a clockwork orange and um, they stepped up the like uh campiness in that one 
Yeah, it there was a whole sequence that was supposedly in a sensory deprivation chamber that was just with a strobe light that got really uh-huh. annoying. The ending was really dumb. Mm-hmm. Like it was simultaneously obvious and just like really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I just had a problem with like the suits that the nurses or whatever were wearing. Oh, okay. Do you remember those like weird latex suits that they had on? Oh yeah. I just I had did an issue with that. The the evil doctor lady, I thought I liked her mm-hmm. as an actress. And um there was a good effects part where they're like shoving a tube up his nose that's just disgusting. Ugh. And like they're like cranking a spring onto his like a speedo that he's wearing. Uh it's that one's just the weakest and it's the most obvious about its themes, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in quality. Mm-hmm. Um I think I'm gonna start because I was it's a good transition. Um, I'm going to give it four out of five unlucky stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a lot of its themes are really solid. Like I am obviously, I'm a sucker for social issues, horror. Mm-hmm. That's just what I like. Mm-hmm. But also I think that this movie was very unrelenting to every side. Obviously most of its mm-hmm. white characters were just terrible people, mm-hmm. which is fair. Mm-hmm. Like the KKK guy. And um, there was one in the first, the oh, the, the white cops that were beating yeah. up. Oh, the, they were the worst. Yeah, like the racial profiling and police violence. But also, um, obviously those people were punished. But also the African, a lot of the African-American cast was punished for not helping each other out. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of it was about black on black violence and about how it's just as bad because it's feeding into this like societal system that has mm-hmm. been developed. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. The fourth segment made it so obvious and the writing was so clunky Yeah, that that's why I didn't like it so much. But um, that through line really sang like it was r- really well done for mm-hmm. the most part. I like that a lot. And I have more to say, but I want to hear what your rating was. Um, my rating was four or five. Um, I just want you to give this movie a shot is all I would say. Yeah. Um, when Brennan told me that we'd be watching a movie called Tales from the Hood, um, I will like be honest and say that my expectations were low. I was expecting something to be very poorly done, like Leprechaun in the Hood. Um, Which is also okay, but uh, in but a much different way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't argue for whatever. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas I did have a problem with the number of times that, you know, the, the mother effer word was said throughout the movie. Uh-huh. Um, oh, wait, was your, was your, uh, you had to clutch your pearls. Yeah, I did. I was like, heavens to Murgatroy. Um, but otherwise, like I was very surprised by the level of like quality. It was just overall quality. Yeah. The effects were good. It was, um, very on the nose. Um, I think it's very applicable to contemporary times. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, like, I think even if you aren't necessarily down with the movements of, you know, social justice or, you know, um, uh, it's you know, still a good, it's still film. a good movie, like period. Like you don't have to feed into that. You don't have to believe these things, but you can just enjoy the movie. Yeah, and absolutely. I would just, say just give it a shot. Yeah. I think something that we've learned from last week and this week is that, um, even though these m- movies that we've watched have had really gimmicky titles, mm-hmm. they're genuinely pretty great movies because mm-hmm. we watched Blackula and now we've watched Tales from the Hood. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of li- uh, falls into the category of what I was talking about last week in terms of like when we're giving like we as in like white Hollywood mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about when we're giving black directors a chance to make a film. Um, 
they have to work within the framework of how white people view black people. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about the hood, we're talking about black exploitation, mm-hmm. we're talking about all of these things. But it's up to the director to make something great out of that. Mm-hmm. And both of the directors that we've watched so far have done that. Yeah, and that's part of why I like horror so much mm-hmm. is because it is d- does give people an opportunity to talk about like these types of issues because mm-hmm. it's a more radical genre. Mm-hmm. Talk about the serious issues in a non-serious way. Yeah. Can I summarize it like that? Or at least, because um, horror is al- can also be a catharsis, so mm-hmm. it helps people deal with the issues that they themselves are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And all of that is super important. And I'm so glad this movie got made with the budget it got, which must have been great. Christopher Young did the score. He did Hellraiser. Yeah, and you were nuts about the score. Those strings. I Well, no, I think... Christopher Young did a fantastic job on this score. I think every single segment has a completely different sonic feel mm-hmm. to it. Because the KKK one, it had a lot of like Southern style strings. Um, it was like rockabilly psycho almost. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And then um, the fourth one that we didn't like so much had a very like 80s like noise metal feel. Like everything was different, and I think he was really consistent in keep making it feel like a whole movie, but making mm-hmm. each story also feel different. Yeah, and I really liked the score yeah. to this movie. Yeah, this movie had a good sense of humor too. Like mm-hmm. it was just such an enjoyable experience. Yeah, this is probably the best month of Scream One Hundred and One so far. I've really enjoyed myself. <laughs> Yay! Um, it's really it's a good comeback from that. Um, the Mexican Horror Month. Yeah, which we watched some interesting films, but it uh-huh. was just such a disaster yeah. of planning. Mm. We went in with the best intentions. What can we say? Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're, this is still part of our donation drive. So I'm going to list four charities. And if you donate $5 or more to any of these charities, you can choose a horror movie that we review for the show. Mm-hmm. And the charities, which you can find links to on our Twitter, it's the pinned post at the top of the page. Uh, if you donate to the ACLU, the NAACP, to Campaign Zero, or to the Black Lives Matter campaign, you can choose a movie for us to watch. All right. And we'll see you next week with the movie Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Dun, dun, dun. It is, is it like an official Tales of the Crypt like series thing? Yeah, it's an official production of like the Tales from the Crypt Oh, people. I love that guy. What's his name? The Crypt Keeper. The, oh, the Crypt Keeper. I feel like he had a different name at one point. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't is think it like, so. Is it Marty? Marty the Crypt Keeper? I, I don't know his real name. Um, he seems like a Marty. But yeah, this is part of... Um, or Billy Bob. Oh, my God. This is part of like a two-pack of Tales from the Crypt movies that got made back in the 80s, 90s? I say it was 90s. Yeah, that feels 90s. I used to watch that show all the time. My parents didn't really like, supervise me on TV. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, it was also 95. Same year as the one we just watched. Ooh. But yeah, it was. Um, there was Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight and Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything by the Crypt Keeper? Like, have you, I'm sh- sure you've seen like little clips and stuff, Like, right? I've seen the Crypt Keeper, but I've never really watched Tales from the Crypt. Oh, so you've never, like, you do know how he talks? <laughs> no, yeah. like, he talks in puns. Oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, okay, because I'm like, you're going to love him, Brennan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's in this movie. I'm not sure what the I assume he would be. I assume he be. introduces it, but I've never seen it. Like, I don't really know what the deal is. Okay. Because, like, the movie itself is not an anthology. Like, it's a full feature film, but, like, from the Tales from the Crypt files or whatever. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure what the deal is, but I hope I get to meet the Crypt Keeper next Is week. it made for TV? No. It, what? Nothing is made for TV? I'm surprised because this one, like, originally I thought it had, like, a 
Just because it sounded so cheap and gimmicky. And it made it was made for TV, but no, and like it the Crypt Keeper was movie. the Crypt Keeper was on television. No, but the the these two films were their attempt to cross over into oh, the future filmmaking. I gotcha. Yeah, They're sneaky people. Anyway, Them Hollywood people. Uh, if you want to talk to us about Tales from the Hood, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars because Sergio is mouthing along to my words because they're so like memorized at this point. Um, You'd be surprised how much of that I got wrong. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> anyway, good luck on your journey, everybody. And stay gold. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Get out! The podcast is coming from inside the house. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me! Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Hello! You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.